1: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. A warmer low I Welcome
2: to lovely Las Vegas. We're just see with myself, Greg Hughes, e. and now a part of the Easton family. podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Going to be having more and more of these chats where I wind up just taking a look at a specific conference, see how things have been going about this offseason, and we're going to be hitting a lot on the Mountain West today. It's going to be a little bit more than the Mountain West, but with that said, Isabel Gonzalez does a great job over there at SB Nation, along with CBS Sports. She, for a very long time, was covering the Mountain West over there at New Mexico Lair, I believe it was. Now, she is doing a little bit more national work, but she wound up coming out with an article about a week or so ago about Wyoming, so we're going to be talking about that team. how They've been able to build themselves up under Jeff Linder, the Outlook for them this season on top of that, just some of the top teams out there in the Mountain West, the loss of David Roddy for Colorado State, how that winds up affecting them, and then perhaps there being a little bit of a chip on the shoulder of many of these West Coast mid-majors, and with those West Coast mid-majors, the fact that they've actually been able to do a very good job of being able to poach the Pac-12 of a lot of talent and Top of that, we're going to be diving into the Pac-12, what has all happened with conference realignment and what might be happening with them moving forward and sort of the demise of the Pac-12 and what we've been seeing out of them and how it winds up relating to the fact that we've been seeing a lot of teams from the West Coast Conference, from the Mountain West, be able to get really good transfers from the Pac-12. So we're going to be having that chat in the second segment. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what I you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we we'll to fire those in. First, one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letter CM. Maybe it does not matter. So, as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast By that five star review. Really did not mind getting in any Twitter questions today, but we'll be continuing on conference previews. We're going to have a couple. Of podcasts next week, in which I'm going to be without a guest because I will be on a little bit of vacation out there in Hawaii, so be prepared for those. I'll probably wind up doing a conference preview all by myself. Typically, the MIAC is one in which I have a tough time finding a guest for, so I will most likely be doing that one. And then Conference USA, Ivy League are going to be a pair of conferences I look at before we wind up getting into the M's, where we get into the Metro Atlantic, Missouri Valley. Mac list goes on and on so we've got a lot on tap so that is going to be a lot of fun and coming up next we've got a lot to talk about with regards to the West Coast College basketball landscape with Isabel Gonzalez right here on Coast Coast East with myself Greg Eaps Peterson, now a part of the VEASAN Family Podcast
3: terms and conditions apply nfl total access the podcast is getting you ready for the 2024 nfl draft Terms and conditions apply. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
2: And we're back here at Love you, Las Vegas, because, because each, with myself, Greg Epsley, and now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. Great to be joined by our guest, as Isabel Gonzalez is doing a great job covering the game of basketball over there at SB Nation, along with CBS Sports. She was recently out here in my neck of the woods, Las Vegas, for Summer League, so she was able to take that in, and she's doing a great job getting prep for this upcoming college basketball season, taking a look at a lot of the action that we're getting out here on the West Coast, and certainly the last few weeks, Uh, There has been no shortage of things happening with regards to a lot of these teams in terms of not just the Pac-12, but other conferences as well. And to be able to follow Isabel Gonzalez on Twitter, you're able to do so at C-I-S-A-B-E-L-G. So pretty much the letter C and then Isabel G all together. And Isabel, great to have you aboard. Thank you.
4: It's always exciting to be here. Thank you.
2: It is great to have you aboard. And Isabel, I know that you wound up writing a feature, I would say, about A week or so ago, about the Wyoming Cowboys, what they've all got coming back, because as we know, they've done a good job in the transfer portal bringing in some of the LA schools. We talk about the Big Ten bringing in a lot of these schools from LA. I guess we could consider Wyoming the Big Ten out of the Mountain West schools because they're bringing in three guys from the city of Los Angeles. So I guess they're taking (laughs) that approach as well. But with that said, they've got quite a bit coming back, including their top score in Hunter Maldonado in terms of in the backcourt because you've got Grant E.K. as well. He was able to do a solid job, double-double machine down low. But take me through this Wyoming team and what you're looking for this season because I think that they're an intriguing bunch that's coming off of a very good year that saw them be able to make the NCAA tournament.
4: Oh, for sure. So I think Jeff Linder has done an amazing job. He took over at a very difficult time. He started in 2020, and that's when the entire world just went crazy with COVID. So he had that layer of difficulty, but the extra layer was the fact that he was taking over a program that was coming off a nine twenty four season. So overall, that was never going to be easy to turn around. And then you add that difficulty of like the COVID uncertainty. But he's done a great job, obviously. And for him, when I talked to him, he talked about culture, which sounds super cliche. I know that. He knows that. But then you look at the guys he talks about that represent that culture, and you see that he kind of, is right, because you have Hunter Maldonado, who is a guy who really takes school seriously and is just a very reliable guy. And then you have Ike as well, who also a great personality. Linder called him a puppy. He's still learning. And, you know, if he's still that young and doing this well, imagine what he could do later on. So those two guys are kind of a perfect example of those guys who are willing to grind on and off the court and who really care about being there, being part of Wyoming. And he actually compared the Cowboys to being the Lakers in L.A., because in Wyoming, there might not be as many things to watch. So the Cowboys are a big deal there. I think they're going to get even more of that fan support. And the fact that you bring guys back, you're going to be changing a lot while you keep your same core. You're going to have a more balanced team. So that was the main thing he talked about. You have them back, but you're not going to be relying on them as much. That's why those new transfers are going to help, because they know how to make more of a versatile offense. And you're going to have a more well rounded team, which is going to help out a lot. If they already exceed expectations, imagine what they can do next season.
2: Yep, and when I always take a look at Wyoming, a big thing for me is gauging this team a little bit differently home to row because what wound up making Wyoming so successful last year is that their game was able to travel. And I'm not sure if you've gauged this with all the work that you've done. Take a look at the Mountain West, but I always think that that's one of the biggest things because in the Mountain West, you've got so many great. Home court environments, the pit out there with New Mexico is good. I mean, look no further than San Diego State. Everyone that winds up packing the A.I. Center, they are known as a show. It is absolutely incredible there. And when it comes to the Mountain West, being able to get any sort of a road win, pretty much aside from San Jose State, it was not been so great. But don't look now, but I do think that they're building a little bit of something over there as well with the way that we've seen a regime change with them. I do think that Tim Miles is going to be able to get them online within the next few years. But I think that one of the toughest conferences to go on the road and win is the Mountain West and look no further than going to elevation. So I think that that's going to be really key for Wyoming and really all the teams out there in the Mountain West moving forward as well, how they play on the road.
4: For sure. And I mean, San Diego State, um, they've been pretty strong the last couple of years. Last season was very competitive with other teams, but they seem to be kind of on top again this preseason. So they are another team that do a really good job. You know, last year was fun. This year is going to be even more fun. And the fact that teams like Wyoming only took a couple years to get to where they are right now. And I feel like you and I are going to start the Tim Miles fan club because I'm also in that bandwagon right now where I think he's going to create something really great over there. It's going to take a couple of years. But, you know, the Mountain West is just kind of competing a little bit more. It's not just kind of like how it used to be a long time ago, UNLV in New Mexico. There's a lot more teams competing now.
2: Yeah, but I mean, look no further than Nevada being a bottom half of the Mm -hmm. late team, (laughs) and that's something that you just didn't think that you would be seeing coming into last season as well. So it certainly does highlight the depth that we've got out there in the Mountain West. That's joining me on the podcast, we do have Isabel Gonzalez. And the one thing that I feel like did not wind up going the way of the Mountain West this offseason, was one draft decision in particular, that'd be David Roddy. He decided instead of going back to Colorado State, he was going to enter into the NBA draft. And I mean, you really can't play. Maybe he was picked pretty highly out there in the NBA draft. But I do take a look at Colorado State. And among teams that wound up having draft decisions, I consider them to be one of the biggest losers, just because if you do wind up losing a star guard off a team that's in the top 25, typically that team it's still going to be relatively solid. I'm talking about a team... From like the Big Ten, the SEC, list goes on and on. Meanwhile, I feel like the impact of David Roddy now being off the roster for Colorado State, it's pretty much as meaningful as any of these NBA draft decisions just because of what he wanted meaning to that program. So I do think that that's going to be a little bit tough for Colorado State to overcome, even with a great guard like Isaiah Stevens back and fold.
4: Oh, absolutely. Um, I watched him in summer league and he was great there. But it really is a huge loss for Colorado State. And that program looked very scary not that long ago. But like I said, there's a lot of competition now. There's a lot of good players. Even teams like New Mexico who, you know, last year were still struggling. They're starting to look better this preseason. I haven't really gotten to watch them right now, but it's not going to be that easy to figure out who's going to win next year.
2: I totally agree with you. I do think that it's going to be a competitive Mountain West. Now, I think San Diego State is worthy of being the number one team out there because this Mm -hmm. team just year in and year out, they don't wind up bringing in like, five or six guys in the transfer portal. They're not looking to try to reinvent the wheel or anything like that, but at the same time, they wind up bringing in those guys that they know that they're going to fit. They know that they're going to play very well. And now with what they've brought in, it's no longer going to be Matt Bradley trying to put up 20 plus points. And then you wind up having absolutely nobody else whatsoever because they did a good job late in the transfer portal, bringing in Micah Parish, who was someone that was able to put up double figures out there in the rising league, a ver- relatively versatile player, at Oakland last season and then they wind up bringing in Darian Trammell. He wound up having a very solid season at Seattle last year where he was able to put up 18 plus points per game as well and just being able to take the pressure off of Matt Bradley I felt like was the biggest thing that San Diego State needed to do in the offseason. I feel like these two additions they certainly are going to be able to do that.
4: For sure and San Diego State is a team that's known for being really strong defensively. So the fact that you're also going to have Nathan Minza back. That's going to be huge as well. I feel like the Mountain West does have some pretty good defensive teams overall, but that's what Brian Dutcher is known for. They're a scary team again. Um, last year there was Colorado state on top. You have, you know, Wyoming kind of like surprising everybody. A couple of the teams just competing there, but San Diego state. Yeah. They're looking really good right now.
2: San Diego state has just become a power in college basketball. It has been very impressive to see. And going to be interesting to see what winds up happening with them moving forward because of all this realignment top Because, Right now, the Pac-12 they're going to be looking like the Pac-10 within the next few years, as the two LA schools, UCLA, USC, they're going to be heading to the Big Ten in about twenty-four or so months officially. And I do think that that is interesting in terms of the landscape of college basketball. And I mean, I was taken aback a few weeks ago when we did wind up seeing the news become official. But I'm not sure about you, but I've just been noticing that the Pac-12 in general just as not necessarily been the best run conference. And it just feels like the shine has come off of this conference because even just in a college basketball perspective, forget like the TV deals that have went wrong because I don't know about you, but I'm out here in Las Vegas and I have a tough time getting the Pac-12 network. It feels like it's catering to about 27 different people at this point because nobody can wind up getting the Pac-12 network. That's a little bit of an issue in and of itself. But you take a look at the landscape of college basketball. and I've just seen so many of these players that – I mean, they're not like all conference performers out there in the Pac-12, but someone like an Andre Kelly, 13.5 points, 8.5 rebounds per game. He goes to UC Santa Barbara. We pointed out Wyoming. They wind up getting three different players from UCLA and USC this offseason. you got San Diego. They bring in Eric Williams, Jr., a former 10-point-per-game scorer at Oregon. They also bring in Jaden Delaire, who put up right around 10 or so points per game at Stanford, and a lot of these guys that they put up, Good numbers out there in the Pac-12. They're electing to go to mid-majors in the West Coast. And that, in my opinion, is a
4: big issue for a power conference like the Pac-12. For sure. I mean, Tyra Roberts going from Washington State in Pac-12 to San Francisco, who's a team that, you know, like last year they're great. But if you think about before that, they were sort of like Wyoming, where you didn't expect that much. So that's great for the West Coast Conference. It's getting stronger. Obviously, you're still going to have like Gonzaga kind of above everybody else. They still like Sam Marys that everyone kind of like looks at like the second team, BYU. But teams like San Francisco can compete. So, you know, who's not to say in like 10 years Pepperdine will be there. Who knows? But obviously the media rights were a huge deal. And with the Big Ten, you know, they're expected to possibly get that new media right with a billion dollars every year. So that's that's a great reason to move. But yeah, the Pac-12 hasn't really been what it used to be you know conference of champions they've sort of disappointed a little bit lately
2: Yeah, they might be the Conference of Champions in other sports, but in terms of college Mm -hmm. basketball, last time the Pac-12 won and winning a title was 1997. Now, the Big Ten doesn't have too much room to talk as their last title wanted coming from Maryland when they were out there in the ACC, if you're looking at, I guess (laughs) in uh, air quotes, a true Big Ten team, the 2000 Flintstones, you have to go back there. So that's been a rough run for both of those conferences, but I do think that it just creates a little bit of a new dawn and day in terms of college basketball. I think that it could wind up putting a little bit of chip on the shoulder of a lot of these teams out there in the Mountain West, perhaps teams out there in the West Coast Conference as well, because you got to figure that the Pac-12 is going to try to cobble up their 10 teams and they're going to do everything possible to make sure they don't wind going to conferences like the ACC, which I don't think that that would happen because of the TV deal. But I mean, in this day and age of college basketball at this point, if they announce that Oregon State is joining the Live Golf Tour, I would not be surprised by that. But I mean, <laughs> with the Pac 12, you got to figure that they're going to try to wind up maybe taking some of these best of the rest out there on the West Coast. And Football plays a large part of it, and you got to figure that there's going to be a lot of these schools in both football and basketball with a big chip on their shoulder, perhaps trying to get noticed and trying to be able to move up the ranks into becoming a power conference team.
4: Dennis Rott from CBS Sports was reporting like less than two weeks ago that there have been discussions of the Big 12 and the Pac-12 potentially either merging or just some Pac-12 programs going to the Big 12. So, you know, UCLA, USC moving out of the conference, that is going to kind of realign a lot of other conferences. Like, I was even joking after they announced officially they were moving, like, what about the Mountain West? You know, like, that's San Diego State's chance. Like, they can go to the Farm Twelve now. So who knows what's going to happen? But there are those talks right now that, you know, could make sense. Maybe not. Who knows? But everything's kind of, like, up in the air.
2: And a lot of this winds up coming back to football as well because, I mean, we were mm-hmm. gushing over Tim Miles and the fact that he's – I think going to do a solid job at San Jose State. And the reason why San Jose State wound up having enough money to hire on Tim Miles is because the football team wound up having success The boosters wound up sticking more money just into sports in general. And along with being able to upgrade that football team, which a few years ago they wound up having a very good run out there in the Mountain West, they wound up upgrading the basketball as well. So it is a little bit too pronged. And I don't think that is coincidence when you do wind up seeing a team excel in either football or basketball. Typically, you wind up seeing a lot of the other sports follow suit. Like I take a look at TCU, for example. Their football team was very, very solid. They were actually out there in the Mountain West many years ago. They go to the Big 12. They have a couple rough years out there in the Big 12, but they were able to build things up. Now they're looking like a top 25 team. And other than like Kansas, for instance, where you always have a tremendous basketball team and then the football team, it's just the suck, though I will say, Lance Leipold. I remember him when he was a D3 coach at UW-Whitewater. I think he might be able to get Kansas State or he might be able to get Kansas to a little bit more respectability for those of you guys looking at football win totals. But that said, I do think that it is, No coincidence that we wind up seeing these teams that they wind up excelling at football all of a sudden wind up being able to rise up the ranks in basketball as well because a lot of that football money, I feel, winds up getting funneled down to basketball.
4: For sure. Like you said, whether it's money for meteorites or football, it's money at the end of the day. That's what you kind of need to help your program. Like sure, culture helps, but even just the recruiting process, that takes money for you to be able to fly your coaches, um, have players come visit, have good facilities, So that's kind of the business of it. Like, yes, it's college sports, but it does take money.
2: Yep. And to be able to hire on a good coach, typically Mm -hmm. you need to have a lot of money and or you need to be Cleveland State with a very, very good eye for talent, being able to hire on a guy like Dennis Gates to be able to turn around a program and. Guys like Dennis Gates, unfortunately, do not wind up growing on trees to the sadness of many, many that are hoping to build up a power in college basketball. So you've got a lot of different factors that wind up going into this. And as well, I know that it's a crazy time for you as covered a little bit of everything. I know that what we wind up seeing in terms of realignment, yeah, that is affecting things for you right now because you do a great job of covering the West Coast basketball scene. And I know that you wind up getting back from summer like a few days ago as well. So hopefully you enjoyed the nice 110 degree weather out here in lovely Las Vegas. So a lot of the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general when you are trying to rehydrate from the Vegas heat.
4: Yeah, luckily I took lots of sunscreen with me and lots of water, so that was great. But yeah, you can check out my stuff on Twitter at C Isabel G and on CBS Sports. So I'll obviously talk a lot about basketball and I do a couple other stories. I just did Wimbledon and a lot of trending things. So it's a lot of variety there. But of course, my first love is basketball, and that's always how it's going to be.
2: Absolutely. And that's the way that we like it as well here on this podcast because, I mean, the game of college basketball is absolutely tremendous. And seeing a lot of these guys at Summer League, and you know, why is it coming out here to Las Vegas every single year? That's always a lot of fun as well. And you get to reminisce being like, Man, if those guys could have matched up in the Elite Eight, that would have been absolutely tremendous. And certainly you can't make an (laughs) apples-to-apples comparison because a lot of the role guys that are on a lot of those teams, they don't wind up getting their shot at Summer League and or you wind up having a few guys wind up unfortunately getting shut down and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it is always fun to take a look at it. Isabel does a great job of being able to cover the game of basketball. Big thanks, sir, for joining me right here on Costco Soups now part of the Easton Family Podcast. And if you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81, one. Keep a mind letter CM. Maybe does not matter, size so, per usual. Please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast, find five, that five star review. If you'd like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you are able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. Gonna be doing a lot of two part conversations. Really over the next few weeks, things in terms of the news and notes of college basketball have begun to wind down a little bit more. So we're going to be getting a little bit more creative with these chats, a lot of just more centric with regards to a conference, with regards to a few specific teams, chats to be able to get set for the upcoming season. And we'll be coming at you guys every single day with a fresh podcast during the off-season news and notes of college basketball, along with the conference previews, as I'm going to be doing one for every single conference. And then once we get into season, it's fix and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I'll be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.